It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We look at the biggest breakout candidates for the Baltimore Ravens over the second half of their 2022 season coming up next here on Locked On Ravens. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we've returned here with another episode of Locked on Ravens. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens, where we are your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast or part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today, making us your first listen of the day or free and available on all podcasting platforms. That includes over in video form on YouTube. And if you hear this on YouTube, be sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel. It helps out a ton. Also, in audio form, be sure to follow along Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We are there for you. And today's episode of Locked on Ravens is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is who covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts, and we're back. It is Wednesday, and that means midweek edition. We're going to continue our Ravens coverage here. The Ravens play the Panthers in week 11. They're a 6 and 3 football team coming off of their bye. So, second half of the season mode is activated for them. And today, we're going to be diving into some breakout candidates. We're going to dive right into it. We're going to talk about offensive breakout candidates in the first segment, defense in the second segment. And diving into some mailbag questions in the final segment, talking about how the Ravens can continue their momentum, Justin Houston, and a lot more there. So I'm excited for this one. Let's just dive right into it now. Baltimore has a lot of players you can consider breakout candidates, I guess. And it's not just limited. I'm not going to limit it to offensive, like first year guys or defensive second year. It'll, it'll be all over the place. Guys might have one year of experience. Guys might have four years. So the first guy, or I guess we'll, we'll group these guys together in the offensive category might be a little bit controversial, but I'll explain my reasoning running backs, JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Now both these guys have very well Dobbins one year as rookie season in 2020, but Edwards a very successful track record here over five yards of carry in his first three seasons with a very, he's had a massive workload. It wasn't like he had, he had 40 carries. He, he had a lot of carries in those first three seasons. And this year he's already off to that 4.9 yards per carry here. But for Dobbins, Everybody's been waiting on that second year, third year breakout for him where, look, in 2020, he led all running backs in yards per carry. He averaged 6.0 yards per carry. This is a player that entering 2021, so many people, myself included, were were like, this guy's going to break out. He's going to be one of the studs of this 2020 draft class, the running back group. And instead, we kind of saw Jonathan Taylor's ascension and a couple of those other guys in the class, but Dobbins obviously missed the year with the torn ACL. So this is more about Dobbins than it is about Edwards. To name Edwards as a breakout candidate, you know, I don't think it's necessarily, I don't want to say fair, but look, he's already proven himself. He has three straight seasons, and now he's in his fourth year here of averaging either right at or above five yards a carry. 
So that's a guy that's proven himself. For Dobbins, he proved himself a little bit during his rookie season, but I think breakout-wise, whenever he's able to get back on the field, we started to see him ease his way. Well, not necessarily ease, but just get back into the swing of things on the field. So I think that he is a player that when you look ahead to the second half of the season, whenever he's able to get back on the field for them, again, it'll be more easing in and, and getting him acclimated and everything. But once he is back and fully confident, fully healthy and whatnot, this is a player I think that could have a very, very big second half of the season. I think Edwards can have a big second half of the season too, but I think when you're talking about like the title of a breakout candidate, I think that applies more to Dobbins in this case than it does to Edwards. But what I'm saying with both is I, I just expect both to have a very successful second half of the season, especially going behind that Ravens offensive line that has played so well this whole entire season. I've been so impressed with them. So Dobbins and Edwards, my first two picks, but again, more Dobbins than Edwards. Well, let's talk wide receivers now. And what a, what a controversial position we have at the wide receiver room here where, again, just a quick summary, Baltimore does not bring in a veteran during the offseason outside of Demarcus Robinson. I have been pretty consistent in saying that I, I wish they had done something more there. I think there were a couple of options you could have added if you're Baltimore. Then at the trade deadline, they did not add a wide receiver I was adamant that, yeah, they probably should have done something there, but they bring in Deshaun Jackson. They have Andy Isabella on the practice squad, but they have doubled and tripled and whatever you want to say down on the young guys. And Devin Duvernay stepped up, but outside of that, we've seen some flashes from Rashad Bateman, but he's done for the season now. So I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. James Brochet. James Brochet is one of my breakout candidates here. And I know there's been a lot of, I don't even want to call it controversy, but there are, I think, a lot of mixed opinions surrounding James Perchet. Obviously, has not necessarily lived up to the billing this year or in his first two-plus seasons. This year for Baltimore, I think he was expected by a lot of people to take on a pretty big role for them, but he has played in seven games this year, only eight targets, six receptions for 53 yards, only averaging 8.8 .8 yards per catch. He's a player that has a lot of potential, and T. Martin kind of talked about, well, you know, what does James Perchet have to do to get involved in the offense a little more. He talked about how it's hard to get him on the field in some circumstances because he's behind Devin Duvernay in certain packages and Devin Duvernay doesn't want to come off the field. And obviously Duvernay is playing very well right now. And T Martin kind of said like, look, it's not an indictment on Prochet. It's just the way that the guys have been playing recently, but the Ravens with Bateman down, I don't necessarily trust Deshaun Jackson to stay healthy for an entire season based off injury history. Tylen Wallace has been a healthy scratch in some of these games. So you have Duvernay producing. The Ravens need someone else. And I will admit, look, this is not an offense that necessarily runs through their wide receivers. This is a run-heavy offense with the tight ends being the primary option in the passing game. But I still think you need someone in, in the wide receiver room outside of Devin Duvernay to step up. I think Demarcus Robinson has been okay. I think he's had some moments, but I think Prochet is a candidate for a second-half breakout. And honestly, Baltimore kind of needs him to be a second-half breakout guy here, especially with, you know, what, what happens if Duvernay goes down. Hopefully nothing does happen in that circumstance. But, you know, something we kind of just have to keep an eye on here in terms of what the position could be. So Prochet, look, very he has good hands, good route runner. He can be used in certain packages that I think can maximize his skill set. So in that group, I identify Prochet as the biggest guy to break out because Duvernay's done it. Duvernay, he's not a breakout candidate because he's already broken out. He has been successful. I'm not putting him in that category. I think in terms of a guy who could break out in the second part of the year in the wide receiver room, at least my pick there is Prochet. We're moving on to tight ends. I'm going to say Isaiah Likely, and he is kind of already on that trend right now. 
But my thing is more of when Mark Andrews comes back. Likely has shown that, look, when he can be the number one tight end in this offense with Mark Andrews out of the picture, he can dominate. He can go out there and make catches. We saw the flashes in the preseason, had a great preseason, great training camp and everything. But then once the regular season started, obviously Mark Andrews was the number one option in that room. Josh Oliver stepped up. So my thing is, I think Isaiah like he can break out, but I think he can do it with Mark Andrews there. And I know a lot of people are looking forward to what those two can do when they're getting more of the snap shares together on the field. So likely has already shown, yeah, you know what? I can do this thing when Mark Andrews is out. But what can he do when Mark Andrews is in? And he, you want Mark Andrews there, right? You want Mark Andrews on the field if you're Baltimore. But I think the, the room is so deep for the Ravens right now that, hey, look, you know what? It's a luxury that they can afford to have where they can, if they feel like, you know, bring Likely along slowly. He's improved in the run blocking aspect, as we talked about with Kyle Barber yesterday on our rookie report. So highly recommend that episode. But I think Likely can break out and just being utilized more by Lamar Jackson these last couple of weeks has given him more of a connection. Well, those two more of a connection with each other, because as I've said, it wasn't Lamar Jackson throwing to Isaiah Likely in the preseason. It was Tyler Huntley. It was Anthony Brown. So they're establishing that connection. So I put Likely there as a candidate who I think just has so much potential and can really start to break out consistently in the second part of the season. I'll put Charlie Kohler in the conversation too, although I expect him to be brought along more slowly. And the whole thing with the tight end room, and we'll talk about this more throughout the show, is that they don't necessarily have to bring him along super fast and say, hey, you got to play 95% of snaps here. This is not going to happen in a room like this. So I think likely for me is the tight end guy. Offensive line, you know, you, you go left to right. Ronnie Stanley, he's obviously, he's all pro. Don't have to talk about him as a breakout candidate. Ben Powers has played really well. Tyler Linderbaum, Kevin Zeitler. Morgan Moses, I mean, I guess Morgan Moses out of all those guys would be like the breakout candidate because he's he hasn't been terrible, right? I think he's played okay. It hasn't been necessarily super spectacular, but it hasn't been a train wreck. I think he's been a solid option there. But with the way the other four are playing right now, if I had to pick a guy on the offensive line and say, hey, this guy's going to break out, I think it would be Morgan Moses. I mean, if Daniel Vilele has to step in and, and for extended action, maybe he can solidify a spot and just continue to build on his early season performances. But yeah, I mean, I guess out of those five guys, I would pick Morgan Moses. And then the quarterback, there's no Lamar Jackson has already broken out. He did that years ago. So we don't have to talk about him as that candidate. So those are my offensive guys for the Ravens breakout wise. Coming up, though, we're going to dive into defense, talk about the defensive breakout candidates for Baltimore as they embark on the second half of their 2022 season journey. So be sure to stay tuned. We still have a ton to dive into here on the show. But first, this episode of Locked on Ravens is. Brought to you by Turo. And Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want wherever you want it from a community of local hosts across the US, UK, Canada, and coming soon to Australia. You can book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. And you can also get a classic or luxury car for a special event, such as a birthday or even a holiday. Find an affordable economy car if you're on a budget and just need to get from point A to point B, or test drive the new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see how it fits in your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. So terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. <laughs> 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We're back here, our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostrecker still with you here on this fine Wednesday here on November 16th. And we talked about offensive breakout candidates for Baltimore second half of their season here in 2022. We're flipping the field, talking about some defensive guys now. So we'll start on that defensive line. Baltimore, I think, has seen some guys break out already. Justin Matabike has had a phenomenal year. Project Washington is really, really coming into his own. And I don't, I don't want to put Washington in necessarily the breakout category. I think he's already kind of doing that right now. But I guess if you just want like the ultimate Broderick Washington breakout, I could see it. But I'm going to put Travis Jones in this category. Jones, we, we we heard the training camp hype. We saw the preseason hype for him. Got injured in the preseason, though. So that was an unfortunate blow for the Ravens overall. But I think what you're looking at here is a guy who had to work back from that injury. But the Ravens defensive line being so deep right now with Clayus Campbell and Brent Urban and Matabike and, and Washington and all these guys, they haven't necessarily needed to put Travis Jones in this. Yeah, you're playing 100 percent of snaps. You have to go out there. Now, Jones is a big guy. And he's super talented, obviously an interior pass rusher, good against the run as well. He is a very versatile option. And I think as the season goes on a little bit, maybe Baltimore wants to manage some snaps of Clayus Campbell or Brent Urban. They want to employ different packages here and there. And Jones, I think, has the he has the talent to get on the field regardless of whether they want to do that or not. But in terms of a guy who, look, this series only totaled 10 tackles. He does have a sack on the season. But I do think there could be a second half Travis Jones breakout on the horizon, especially when looking at what the Ravens have there. They can rotate guys in. They can rotate guys out. And I, I like Travis Jones a lot. I know we're probably going to be talking about him a lot in the offseason as a guy who's a second-year breakout candidate especially when you're looking at what's the future of Brent Urban, what's the future of Clayus Campbell, et cetera, et cetera. But for right now, I do think that Travis Jones can at least get some momentum under his belt in the second half of the season, even if the, the breakout doesn't necessarily entail, entail like seven sacks or something. I do think that he will have a better second half than he did in the first half. And not even saying he had a bad first half. He just hasn't gotten necessarily many, many, many opportunities here. Let's move on to outside linebackers. And I think the, the number one guy, when you talk about potential breakout candidate, the potential that Afaole has is undeniable. Now, the production that he's had this season, I know, has disappointed a lot of people. Now, he was pegged, you know, we, we looked at him as a huge second-year breakout guy, the number one pass rusher at the time on this defense. He was going to be relied upon in so many different ways. And, and, you know, he's doing a lot. Like, I do think it's better for him if his his ears are able to be pinned back. He's able to rush the passer, just, you know, not really thinking about anything. The Ravens defense, I know, extremely taxing, extremely complicated and, and whatnot. And I think, oh, well, you know, he's been fine. But I think compared to expectations, I would say it has been a disappointing year for him. I mean, at this point, you would expect him, you know, maybe to have like five sacks or even four sacks. But on the year, just one of them, just one of them this season. That's the same amount as Josh Bynes has, the same amount that Marlon Humphrey has, Marcus Peters, Travis Jones, we just talked about, Brandon Copeland, who's no longer on the roster here. So you were expecting a lot more out of him. 
Now, he hasn't gotten a very kind whistle. He's been held on a lot of plays. I don't understand why these holds aren't getting called on him because they happen so often. You you would expect that at least some of them will be caught, but literally like none of them are, are getting caught by these officials. So he has, I think, a lot of area to say, hey, look, in the second half of this season, he's going to be able to get a lot more opportunity. I think with the way Justin Houston's playing this season, the return of Tyus Bowser, you look at David Ajabo coming back, you already have Jason Pierre-Paul in the fold there as well and other guys. Yeah, I think that, Oa has the potential to have more than just one more sack in the second half of the season here. And with the way that I think the season could go for him, I'm excited to see how it turns out. Hopefully it's also better for him. I think just for a confidence boost heading into his third year, uh, he just wants to get the quarterback down, I think. And he's talented. And I think when you're talking about what a breakout player looks like, it's someone who maybe has just had, he's been a little slump in the first part of the season, but then that second half, you know, boom, it comes out and it's like, this amazing thing. So I'm putting Oway in that category. I'll, I'll put, I'll put Tyus Bowser here too. I mean, again, he's proven himself. Like he doesn't have to break out in any way, but I do think he could break out in the second part of the season in terms of like just getting back to his old self. We saw him in the game against the saints in week nine, look like his old self. So I'm excited to see him. David Ajabo, I could also put in the same category, but almost like Charlie Kohler, the outside linebacker group is so deep right now where you don't necessarily have to put him in a huge role early on. I think Baltimore will work him in, ease him in. So I don't necessarily think the the workload will be there for a huge breakout year, but maybe it is. And I think that's a guy you could definitely say, oh, look, Ricky coming in. He's a guy who has a lot of potential, a lot of talent. So maybe he's in that conversation. But outside linebacker-wise, I put away there. Inside linebacker-wise, it is tough. They do acquire Roquan Smith. They have Patrick Queen, who is already breaking out, so I'm not going to put him in this category. I guess I guess if I had to pick one, I'd go Malik Harrison. Harrison's actually played pretty well this season. But, again, it's like where, where are the opportunities now that Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen are in the fold? I think he's still going to get them. Like, I don't think he's just going to be completely phased out of the defense, but I don't think, again, it's almost like the workload thing we just talked about. I don't think the workload is necessarily going to be there to say, oh, this guy's going to have 50 or 60 tackles in the second part of the season. You're going to have all those tackles eaten up by Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen in there. So maybe if the Ravens have an unfortunate injury situation and Harrison has to step in, he could be that guy there. But I do think if if I had to pick one, you're not going to pick Roquan Smith as the breakout guy because he's, he's already a star. Patrick Queen's breaking out right now. So, you know, next guy up there is Malik Harrison for me. Corner-wise, it is a little difficult, right? Like, I think when you talk about breakout potential, you look to the nickel spot. Can Brandon Stevens break out? Can Pepe Williams break out? Can Jalen Armour Davis do something? Those are the guys who I expect to have, like, the, the big breakout opportunities. If I had to pick one... I'm going to go Pepe Williams. Williams showed me a little bit early in the season here. Has been picked on a little bit. It's been inconsistent, I'd say, with Pepe Williams. But, I mean, I think that he is a player that they can utilize in a bunch of different roles. He can play in the slot. He can play outside. He can play some safety. Now, where he's utilized every week does vary based off of matchups and based off of opponents. But I, I just I like the way he plays. He's a feisty player, super competitive. And that potential, it is flashed a couple times, and I'm excited about the potential that Pepe Williams does have here. But again, they've played Marlon Humphrey in the slot and the nickel here a little bit more. So where are those opportunities going to come? Do the Ravens trust him enough? Do the Ravens, or can the Ravens even, trust a rookie enough in the second half of the season as they make their playoff push, try to put together some wins and string together those victories? I don't know if they feel comfortable enough to do that. They might have to in some situations. They might not have a choice, but I do think that my breakout pick would be Pepe Williams in that circumstance.
safety wise, man, I mean, the, the obvious one would have been Geno Stone in week one, but Geno Stone is balling out right now. He is playing such good football. I can't even put him as a breakout candidate because he is doing it right now. I, it's the same thing with Kyle Hamilton. Like, I don't want to put Kyle Hamilton in the category either because, like, he's doing it. I mean, if, if I had to pick one, I, I guess it would be Kyle Hamilton, but it almost seems unfair to put him in that category because he is starting to play really well. But maybe my argument here will be that he's going to continue that and take it to the next level. We saw the inconsistencies early on in the season this year. The Miami game is the big game people point to. He points to that one, took the accountability, and now he has come back here and is playing really well, is getting acclimated to the NFL game. But So my argument will be that he is going to – He's going to continue the upward trend and, and play really well and give himself that confidence boost heading into his second season. And even, you know, the, the back half of this first season for him, I think he's going to have a really successful second part of the year here. So there, there it is. There are the breakout candidates for Baltimore's 2022 second part of their season. Special teams wise, I mean, I guess I could. OK, special teams wise, I'll say Jordan Stout. Stout has been he's been pretty good, you know, not necessarily superstar spectacular, but he has been pretty good. There have been some punts here and there. You wish maybe would have gone a bit farther. Or the place would have been a little bit better. Or the bounce would have gone a certain different way. So I will say Jordan Stout has a better second half than he did the first half. So that would mean that he has a phenomenal second half of the season. I, I'm a believer in Jordan Stout. There was always going to be a level of, I think, a little bit of inconsistency when you move on from one of the greatest punters of, of all time into a, a rookie. So you have to take those expectations into account there. But yeah, so I'll, I'll go. I'll go with Jordan Stout as my special teams breakout for Baltimore in 2022. Second half, part two of that year. But coming up here, we'll be diving into mailbag questions, talking about Justin Houston, how Baltimore can continue their momentum, and more. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton to dive into here on the show. But first, this episode is sponsored by LinkedIn. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And I've used LinkedIn for a ton of things throughout the course of my life. And it's super easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. You just add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools you can use, like screening questions to make it easier to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience. You can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and who you want to hire. And it's important to finish the year strong and the right team member can help you do that. That's why small businesses, right? LinkedIn Jobs, number one, delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates who want to talk to you faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional sport and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all over at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. So, as the website, today, use mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. We are back here, our final segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostreicher, your host, still here with you, rounding out a Wednesday edition of the show here. Number 853 for me, consecutively Locked On Ravens episode. So, I don't know, random number, but it's what, it's what it is, number 853. So, I appreciate everybody who's been along for the ride here. But let's talk now 
mailbag questions. We have a couple of really good ones here. I do want to dive into all of them here today. Our first one comes from Steve Rudden, who's over with me at Ravens Wire. So big shout out to Steve. He asks, will Charlie Kohler make an impact now that he should be ready to play? And I, I kind of talked about it a little bit in the first segment. I think that when you're talking about Kohler with how deep the Ravens tight end room is right now, I think a lot of people want to see Kohler on the field. But when everybody's healthy, where is he getting snaps or who is he getting snaps over? Mark Andrews. Obviously, he's getting he's getting tight end one snaps. You're not putting Mark Andrews anywhere for Charlie Kohler. Josh Oliver has been the de facto number two guy for them so far this year. He's played really well. I don't see the Ravens necessarily putting Charlie Kohler in situations where that he has to take the place of Josh Oliver. Isaiah Likely has been the, the number three guy essentially outside of you know a couple games with Andrews down. They, they've kind of rotated in Oliver and Likely in those situations. But I think for what you're looking at, you even have Nick Boyle in this conversation. So I don't think Baltimore is going to necessarily need him in a ton of roles right now. That is for Kohler, but I don't know. It feels like there are certain packages they can use him in. They'll definitely want to get him on the field and they can utilize him. He has been regarded as a baby Mark Andrews. So there is that, but yeah, highly touted guy. I think that there's a lot of potential for him, but I think this might just be more of a, Hey, get up to speed year for him, or I guess second half of the year for him where they don't necessarily need to say, Hey, go out there and play for us and, and this huge, massive role that might be a bit over your head right now, which I think he can still step up in the big moment. Don't get me wrong there, but it might just be, look, there's so much talent in this tight end room. Carlos coming back from an injury. He still has to get acclimated to the NFL game and whatnot. So I don't know. I, I think there is potential for Carlos to contribute this year. I just wouldn't expect so, so, so much from him in his first NFL year here. Next question here, it comes from Jeffnode.0, who says, last week's win versus the Saints felt like the most complete game of the season. What did they need to do to maintain the balance on all three phases of the game? Side note, Giro has to get DuVernay more touches. Agree on the side note. Definitely agree on the side note there. DuVernay is too talented of a player to not have a ton of touches every game. You don't have to give him 20, but I do think that getting the ball in his hands, we see it whenever the ball is in Devin DuVernay's hands as a receiver as a rusher as a returner good things happen so there's that on the side note but in terms of what Baltimore has to do I mean it, it comes down to them beating themselves or just having these little mistakes that we see like they're so talented where they can overcome those mistakes in certain aspects that we've seen this season right where they have just done one or two too many things one or two too many penalties one or two too many bad plays bad execution bad play calling and it falls and the collapse just happens for them. So for me, offensively, I think definitely lean on the run game. I, I don't think this, this has to be a team that runs 50 or 60 times a game, but I think with a run heavy approach, you can feed that into the pass game and it can work. If you get the run game going play action with Lamar Jackson, make him so much more dangerous. He'll be able to throw these, he's a great thrower. I mean, I, I say it time and I want to continue to drive that point home here. He is a great thrower, and I think that he will be able to do so much of his arm in the second part of the season here. But Baltimore should be a run-first team here. I think that is their true identity, and it's not an indictment on the passing game. It's not an indictment on the passing game whatsoever, but I do think that that's what they should do offensively. Defensively, discipline. It has to be discipline, being able to stop opposing offenses on third down. In the red zone, can they hold teams to field goals and not touchdowns? Those have been really successful. I mean, that's just, you know, lay of the land, successful NFL football. You got to be able to hold your opponent out of the end zone. You got to be able to stop them on third down too. get your offense and turnovers. Turnovers are key. Got to be able to force turnovers and get the ball back. 
to your offense and then special teams wise. I mean, Justin Tucker is not going to miss many field goals or extra points, which is no mistakes, I guess, you know, limited, very limited mistakes for them. You know, uh, Tucker's again, not going to miss stuff. Jordan Stout, can he put the ball in, in the opponent's 20 yard line, the opponent's 10 yard line instead of touchbacks, or can there not be a shank punt on this situation here or there? So that's where I am. And then Nick Moore, I guess is, more of a long, long, no, no bad snaps. I'll say for Nick Moore. So yeah, Nick Moore, long snapper, not going to be, uh, you know, I think special teams is fine personally. So those are the three ways I think Baltimore can, or at least in all three phases be or continue their trends there. And then next we have a question from Gunny Ravens who says, Hey KO that commanders win versus the Eagles had flashes of the Ravens style of football. What takeaways from that game do you think would be beneficial to a steadily progressing Ravens team, keep up the great work. I appreciate that. I do. And yeah, the, the, the Eagles game was one, obviously for, for those who don't know, the Eagles were undefeated. The commanders go in there and just play a gritty game of football, just grind out a win against an undefeated team there. But the Eagles did not look like they were ready for that game. And I think what you can take away from what the commanders did there was they fed their number one target for the, Commanders, it was Terry McLaurin for the Ravens. That's obviously Mark Andrews. They trusted in the identity. They they didn't necessarily force feed and like unnecessarily force feed one guy. Like it, it wasn't like Terry McLaurin wasn't open and Terry Heineke was just force feeding him. Terry McLaurin was getting open and Heineke was finding that. It's about being able to find those soft zones in the defenses. And then on defense, this was a defense that I don't think a lot like the, the commander's defense is good. Like they have talent there, but the Eagles offense coming into this game was a buzzsaw. They were humming and the commanders just like stood up to them. It's almost like that true underdog story where people like, Oh, the Eagles are going to run with run away with this game. They're going to run the commanders over. And all of a sudden the commanders go in there and they put up an amazing performance. It's like the shades of the old Ravens. And I'm not saying it's not the new ones, but where Baltimore would, you know, come in as underdogs and they like that. Then they go in and they beat a team even on the road, right? The commander's game was on the road for them and they do that. So I was impressed with that. So just being able to stay true to themselves, stay true to that identity, I think is a key thing that I took away from that game and being able to get the ball into your star playmaker's hands is great. And being able to use the complimentary weapons, like for the, for the commanders, it's Curtis Samuels, Jahan Dotson in the run game. You use Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. You have Logan Thomas there as a tight end. So spreading the ball out using your offensive weapons but also knowing you know where your stars are and getting them the ball getting the ball in those guys hands so there's where i have on that game finally last question here from finley halliday who says since justin houston returned from ir the ravens are three and oh during his time out of the team baltimore lost twice do you think houston's impact on the defense goes under the radar I think it did. I don't think it does so much anymore. I just, he's been so good for them this year, eight and a half sacks in six games, where I think like everybody's now awakened to the, oh, Justin Houston is still really, really, really good. And it was almost like the same thing that happened when he signed with Indianapolis in 2019, where he was coming off of the, the stint with the Chiefs, his very long stint, obviously. And people said, could he, can he still do the stuff he did in Kansas City? Is he even still good? Is he washed up? And I think coming back to the Ravens, even when he signed with the Ravens, it was, oh, is, is he still good? He had four and a half sacks in 2021, but he just has dips into that fountain of youth and he did it in a big way. And I think the people are now seeing how good Justin Houston is. They're appreciating what he does for this defense. I know I am. I'm a, I'm a huge Justin Houston guy. I have been for years now. So I'm happy that he's getting the respect he deserves. He's one of He's been one of the few saviors of this Ravens defense, I would say, a group that has definitely settled in and settled down. But it's been due to the part of his play 
And his leadership, his off-the-field leadership is a huge part of this, too, that I think that part might be a bit underrated, but I think people also see how good of a leader he is, too. So I'm excited for Justin Houston. I don't think he's going to be slowing down here anytime soon, so I'm excited to see his second part of the year. Well, that's all I have for you here today on Lockdown Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Be sure, again, to subscribe to this channel, like the video, and follow along with us in audio form. And we get back here tomorrow. More Ravens content on the way here. Always Ravens content, so be sure to stay tuned for that. And I will see you right back here tomorrow. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.